good to be here this afternoon. Good to be here in the morning and the afternoon or ever in the evening. I want to again thank you for this opportunity. I will say that two Sundays ago I took the day off and I went over to Faith and I sat and let Mark preach to me. Yes, it was. It was. No, I, I, I don't know about anybody else, but um, I was truly blessed by that message. Mark, I want to thank the Lord for it. I won't thank you. Uh, I won't give you the credit, but uh, the Lord did use you. I'm glad he did. And that is not to say that the Lord has not used Mel, as he most certainly has. Even a time or two, he's used Mike. You know, you've all been used. You ever feel used? Used up? See, no one's hearing that up, that last two-letter word I was going to throw in there. But uh, I do enjoy being here. And I wish my boss would come back over here. We'll see if they do. I'm glad that she did come with me this morning. She had a chance to go with her father to go with me. She chose to go with me. I'm going to take that and I'm going to run with it. Because this evening when he gets back home, I don't mean a thing. You remember very quickly where you stand. She wanted to come. I'm glad she's here. And, uh, I really hope the Lord saves her one day. As he has all, as he, hope he does all my grandchildren. And my children. Well, this afternoon, if you would, open your Bible to the book of Jude. Aaron thought that she would be through with Jude last week, but we're not going to quick. Well, I'm not quite through with Jude. I found that it's a very short chapter, very short letter. And Jude is not really, in my estimation, one of the most uplifting and encouraging of epistles. Jude paints some very negative pictures in this little letter of the leaders and the members of some of the Lord's churches. And I'm going to say just as an aside, I do firmly believe that there are the Lord's churches and then there's the other ones. Now, I don't know if Everyone's strong about that as I am. But the Lord showed me something almost 50 years ago. Or began to show me a difference in churches. A difference in teaching. A difference in the scriptures handled by those other groups. 
and um, I can't go back and I pray the Lord would never allow me to go back but there's a difference and Jude is telling us here in the Lord's churches there are some problems so this afternoon I'd like for us to consider remember and walk accordingly remember and walk accordingly before we read I want you to notice verse 5 of Jude I will therefore put you in remembrance though you once knew this he says again in verse 17 but beloved remember ye the word that was spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ remember there are some things that we need to always remember we need to always keep in mind and in the case here of Jude remember there are some negative aspects of people in the churches do not ever forget this the Lord's churches are under perpetual attack from one field or one enemy or another now there is a wholesale attack on Christianity there's a wholesale attack on believers but I believe when it comes down to the Lord's churches, it's a special one. And Jude points to us, or draws our attention to some of them. I'd like for us to begin our, begin our reading this morning, or this afternoon, at verse 17. And we'll read down through and including verse 21. But, beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles, of our Lord Jesus Christ how they told thee they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust these be they who separate themselves sensual having not the spirit get back over here but ye beloved building up yourselves on your most holy faith praying in the Holy Ghost keep yourselves in the love of God looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life our father now as we have been fed physically we were fed early spiritually. We pray now, Father, that we might be continued. That you might continue, Father, to feed us in your word. Not according to the speaker, but according to your purpose. Not according to the speaker's will, speaker's desire, but according to your will and your desire. May we leave here this day, Father, saying it has been truly has been good to be in the house and that we have been given the strength to yet again venture out into the world and face all that is there. 
animosity, the hostility, the hatred for your word and for your son. Father, may we be refreshed, but may be ready as in this letter. Let us be ever ready to contend for the faith once delivered. May this be our goal. In Christ's sake, amen. There's another word, a word that we see in this book, in the book of Jude. Ungodly. I count it six times that word is used in these verses. Ungodly. There are ungodly people in the world. But I hate to say there are ungodly people in the churches of our Lord. Jude says again, remember. He painted a picture of individuals who are more cancerous than they were edifying. They are more destructive than they were supportive. They were liabilities and not assets. Not very good pictures of people. But as he closes out this letter, he reminds them, Remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. Remember what you heard. Remember what was spoken before. There will be mockers. Do not be surprised as you go through your service to God and Christ in this assembly, do not be surprised that there will be mockers. I don't know if you ever noticed how similar Peter and Jude are in some of the teachings. They're quite similar. Because Peter, in his second letter, in the third chapter, the first four verses speaks of these individuals but he calls them something different let's read just verse 3 knowing this first that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust and saying where is the promise of his coming for since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. Scoffers and mockers are the same people. It's the same word. Peter calls them scorners. Scoffers. Jude calls them mockers. You know, when someone mocks a person 
they speak of them or speak about them or to them in a not so positive light it is disparaging and you'll find here in verse 4 of 2 Peter 3 somewhat of what Satan said to Eve he casted doubt on God's word did not God did God say this well these scoffers and these mockers in verse 4 they say where is it coming we don't, where, where, where is it appearing they've been talking about this all these years that the Messiah is coming when's going to happen Everything's going as it always happens. Much like today. When is he coming? There was a song, I don't know, the 60s or late 60s, early 70s. If the Lord is coming, he should be here by then. He said, a date. I can't remember what the year was, but if the Lord's coming, he should surely be here by then. Well, he hasn't come yet. That does not mean he's not coming. That just means he hasn't come yet. But mockers and scoffers look at these things and say, it's all a fairy tale. It's all imagination. Folks, there's nothing in the scriptures that's imaginary. It is all real. It is true. It is all trustworthy. but them in their own ungodliness. I believe it's important to Jude, or what's important to Jude, or the Spirit of God, to remind us of this fact. Ungodly. The prefix un means not. They're not godly. They're not God's people. They have no concern for God or the things of God. And they're in the churches. Jude categorizes them with one word. Now he drew some pictures about, about them in the previous verses. But when you get down to verse 19, these be they who separate themselves they are sensual having not the spirit these individuals they themselves make a difference but they make a difference for themselves or about themselves for a not so good a purpose again in 2nd Peter Look, if you would, at chapter, I believe it's chapter 3. I kind of did like Mark alluded to. I don't know what he didn't put in his, but I tended to not write the chapter that I wanted. I've got the verses here, but I don't have the chapter. So let me look and see exactly what I want. I think I want a chapter 2.
Yes, it is chapter 2 that I want. In chapter 2 of Second Peter, let's begin our reading in verse 12. And I'm sorry, but I want to read all the way down to verse 22. But these, as natural brute beasts, made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of things that they understand not and shall utterly perish in their own corruption, and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness, as they that count it pleasure to arrive in the daytime. Spots they are, and blemishes, sporting themselves with their own deceivings, while they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery, and they cannot cease from sin, beguiling, unstable souls and heart they have exercised with covetous practices cursed children which have forsaken the right way and are gone astray following the way of Balaam is the son of Beor who loved the wages of unrighteousness but was rebuked by his rebuked for his iniquity the dumb ass speaking with man's voice forbade the madness of the prophet. Let's skip down to verse 21. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it has happened unto them according to the true proverb the dog is turned to his own vomit again and the sow that was washed to a wallow in the mire these individuals the Jews referring to that separate themselves they draw attention to themselves they show themselves to be what they are mockers scoffers Deceivers, but in so doing, they show what the ultimate end is going to be. They're going to go back to the vomit, they're going to go back to the pigsty, they're going to go back to the filth that at one time they alluded to that they knew. They turn their back on the truth of God's word that they sat under for a good little time. One day they just woke up and said, no more. We want no part of this. These things happen in the churches. I wish it were not so. But it is. from inside because you will notice when Jude begins this letter in verse 4 he says for there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation ungodly men 
turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. They bought into it at one time. They spoke about it at one time. They may have been preachers about it at one time. But they returned to their vomit. They returned to the original condemnation. Look back at 1 John chapter 2. In 1 John chapter 2, I'd like you to notice verses 18 and 19. 1 John 2. 18 and 19. Little children, it is the last time, and as you have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. We need to keep these things in remembrance. There are people in the churches that do not continue that will not continue. We're not just looking for one Antichrist. There are many Antichrists. There have been many after or desiring to remove the Christ. Pharaoh wasn't the first one. Pilate wasn't the first one. Over and over again, moves were made to get rid of the coming Christ. Well, the Christ has come. The Christ is going to return. But in the meantime, let us discredit the Christ as much as possible. Do whatever we can to disrupt the church of the Christ. These individuals, and we'll look a little bit further, not only do they separate themselves, and not only will they at one point in time leave physically, while they are there, they cause separation. They cause division. They cause Confusion. In the book of Romans, in the 16th chapter, as Paul is preparing to close out this letter to the Romans, he makes a request of them in chapter 16 and verse 17. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. 
Remember these words. Remember this because the deceivers are there. And if you do not continually remember these warnings that Paul has made, that Peter has made, that Jude is making, you may fall prey to these individuals. In the book of Proverbs, this chapter 6, and verses 16 through 19, there's a rather interesting portion or reading here that I wanted to consider. How much so those individuals that cause confusion and cause division, how uninnocent they are, how unsimple they Here's their damage. Proverbs 6, beginning in verse 16. These six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him, a proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, and heart that deceiveth, that deviseth wickedness. I'm sorry, a heart that deviseth wicked imagination. Feet that be swift, in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. Division, discord, separation is not for the churches of our Lord. But yet, we have individuals that have been described by Jude and by Paul. Paul told the Romans, mark them. Put a red red mark on their back. Put a, a, a string around their wrist. Somehow, note these people. Pay attention to them. This is not a matter of looking for fault. This is not a matter of being judgmental. But look at them. Mark them. Note them. Pay attention to them. These words are not here for no reason. It behooves us to pay attention. Well, folks, I will say this. As much as they want to separate as much as they want to divide, as much as they want to cause confusion, we're admonished. In the writings of the Apostle Paul, not only to mark them, but to even not eat with them. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 14 to 18. 2 Corinthians 6 Verses 14 through 18. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. What fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion hath hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? 
Or what part hath he that believeth not with an infidel? I'm sorry, he that believeth with an infidel, a non-believer. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them. Be ye separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Come out from among them. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, here Paul speaks of those that are in the church, those that are among you. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning in verse 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous, I'm reading chapter 6, aren't I? Sorry about that, chapter 5. Begin at verse 9. I wrote unto you in an epistle not to company with fornicators, yet not altogether with fornicators of this world, or with the covetous, or the extortioners, or the idolaters. For then must ye need to go out of the world. But now I have written unto you not to keep company if any man that is called a brother be a fornicator or covetous or an idolater or a railer or a drunkard or an extortioner with such and one know not to Eat. For what have I to do to judge them also that are without? Do not ye judge them that are within? But them that are without, God judgeth. Therefore put away from among yourselves that wicked person. This is one individual Paul was talking about specifically. But the idea I want us to understand is that if one that is called a brother practices, lives his life, an idolater, a fornicator, a covetous, an extortioner, a drunker, a railer, don't even eat with them. Separation, folks, is necessary when it is done properly, when it is done according to the dictates of the scripture, we cannot separate ourselves from the unbelieving world, nor should we. We're supposed to be a light in the world. We'll be salt in the world. We should be a source of truth and understanding in the world. But we can't do that and be a part of There must be a difference. All of those people 
that we've been speaking of have one thing in, in, in common. They all have not the Spirit. They have not the Spirit of God. So it should not surprise us when they don't follow, when they don't keep, when they don't abide in the Word of God because they have not the Spirit of God. They don't understand the things of God. Because they're spiritually discerned. And I said earlier, I appreciate how much I appreciated Mark's message two weeks ago. And part of that blessing in that message was reminding me of the fact how blessed I am and how blessed we are if we understand what the word of God says because the world doesn't it takes the spirit of God to understand it we don't discern the scriptures because we choose to or because we're intellectually gifted enough to do it I guarantee you that was the case I wouldn't be there intellectually no spiritually spiritually we can understand and we do progressively understand the deeper things of God but I said there was two parts of this remember remember the dark side remember the fact that there are wicked ungodly people in the churches they're in the world, but they're in the church as well. But I love when Jude uses the word but. As a rule, I don't like that word. When you're talking about things of the scriptures, and a person says, but a chill runs up my spine. Because that person is about to tell me something that they understand that is not biblically, spiritually correct. And they're going to try to tell me no, this way there really is. But but after Jude drawing this dark picture he says now I told you to remember them. I brought them to your mind now what are you going to do? Are you going to be a, a point of decision? Are you going to be a contentious individual? Are you going to be a source of confusion? He says no. But ye beloved build up yourselves. Build up the church that you're a part of on your most holy faith. And I propose to you this afternoon, any true faith is holy faith. Because faith comes from God. 
Ephesians 2 makes it very clear. The gift of faith is a gift of God. And God does not give that gift to everyone. If we have that most holy faith, then it behooves us to build ourselves up. There's these three churches represented here this, this afternoon. Individual churches, build yourselves up. The three of you together, build yourselves up. Not into one big conglomerate church. That's not what we're after. But each one helping each other. Is it not a benefit to us to meet together once a month, all three of us? Build yourselves up. I don't like this idea that I see churches that get fellowship over this or that. We have enough problems out here. We don't need to bring them in. And in fact, in some cases, they're already here. But we need to be building building ourselves up. Jude is not talking about the individual building themselves up. He's talking collectively. You as the body, build yourselves up. Do not trample, do not stomp, do not belittle, do not beat down. You build up. Walk accordingly. It's been brought to your remembrance. Walk accordingly. Do not walk as they do. It does no good for us to read Jude and be reminded of the evil that's out in the world and the evil that creeps into the churches and not walk accordingly. Not do it better. We at all times, the way this work, the way this, as I, as I understand, this building up yourselves, and I'm not a grammatical student, or I'm not one of those folks that is very good. Although it's one of my favorite subjects, kind of fell off as I got after I finished high school. But the building up, it is present and active at all times build yourselves up what can you not do if you're at all times actively building up you can't tear down you can't destroy it you can't break it down you lift it up you support it. You encourage it. You make it stronger. Instead of looking for fault or picking each other apart, build each other up. I'm sure the time that you have known me, and don't anybody do it, 
There's some faults you know I've got. There's some finger pointing you can do. It's always the case. Every one of us. But that's not the point. What are we supposed to be focusing on? Christ. Christ in you. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Why would I spend my time carrying Mel Kimberling down? What good would it do? Am I helping Mel this walk in life? Am I helping him handle the job that he has and 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 the, the response he has to the church? If my point the finger, you're doing this wrong, Mel. You're doing that wrong. Our life is not about hampering and hindering. Our life is about building up, encouraging. He said, looking for fault. Let's build on our most holy faith. The gift of faith that God has given us. How do we do this? How do we build ourselves up with our most holy faith? The first thing you'll notice is pray in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost. If I have a tendency to want to nitpick Mark King, I can't do that if I'm praying for Mark. I can't be praying for you and at the same time tearing you down. I can't be praying to you in the Holy Ghost, in the Spirit of God. If I want to break you, you can't do both. But except we pray in the Holy Ghost, continually desiring to build up, We need to pray. We don't have the strength in ourselves. I know I don't have it. I believe there was something Mark said earlier. He said, well, I definitely don't have it. And I can say the same thing. I don't have it. But building up always requires praying in the Holy Ghost. Also requires keeping yourselves in the love of God. Keeping yourselves in the love of God. In the book of John chapter 15 and verse 9 this one I wrote down, so I've got to turn. You're going to turn to it. The Lord Jesus Christ is speaking. It says, "As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. 
continue in the love that the Father had for the Son and the Son has for us, let us continue. Let us abide. But you know something? If you think that you can keep yourself, you're wrong. Ultimately, it's God that keeps us. We're kept by God. But in Christ, if we abide in Christ, we will keep ourselves in the love of God. Because the Father loved Christ. The Father loved us for we loved Him. That's why Christ came. Because the Father loved us. And someone needed to die for us. Someone needed to save us. Someone needed to protect us from ourselves. The Lord Jesus Christ. In the beginning of the book of Jude, he speaks of that common salvation it's not common as water or as I say a lot as common as corn it's everywhere our salvation is common because our salvation rests in one person and that's the person of the Lord Jesus Christ and we need to always remember that we can never get beyond our Savior. We can never get beyond our Master. But we can most definitely hang with Him. We can abide with Him. We can continue in Him until the time comes that we leave here. Thus, Jude says in the last part of verse 21. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. That's what we're looking for. We're looking for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's our mercy. Is not Christ our mercy? Are we not forgiven in Christ? Is it not God's mercy that Christ came to save us? Looking for the return of Christ. At least that's what I'm convinced Jude is telling us here. Look for Christ. He is going to return. The scoffers have said, hey, he's been coming a long time. He hasn't got here yet. When's he coming? I guess he's not. Folks, he's coming. I wish it was today. Hope I don't get back to St. Louis. But if I do, that does not change the fact that the Lord's word is true. He's going to return. Quickly as we close, let's look at Titus chapter 2, 
verse 11 through 14. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that we might be redeemed, or that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing. Second Peter chapter 3. Second Peter chapter 3, beginning in verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, and the earth also, and the works that are therein, shall be burned up. Seeing then that all of these things shall be dissolved, what manner of person ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we according to his promise look for new heavens and a new earth, Wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that we look for such things, be diligent that you may be found in him in peace without spot and blameless. We must be on guard. We must be mindful. We must be remembering. The alternative. For the wicked is eternal darkness, misery, torment, and pain. We know this. How ought we to walk? How ought we to conduct ourselves in this age, in this world? If we're looking for the Lord Jesus Christ, if we're looking for the mercy of God, then we will be looking for that time. And we hope that we'll be found in him in peace with our spot and blameless. That is my desire. May 20th, 2023. I pray and hope this is yours. And if it is not, this will be the day that the Lord will give you that hope and make you to realize what we have here and now will not always be. But where will you be? The new heavens and the new earth. 
Deseret. 